2: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, and myself break down the dramatic victory over the Falcons this past Sunday and look ahead to the playoffs after Week 17's matchup against the Chargers. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, what was your biggest takeaway from Sunday's victory over the Falcons?
0: I think a lot of people are concerned about the Chiefs winning these close one score games lately. Really, ever since, I want to say it was week nine, they've been dealing with a uh, closer than expected types of games. And uh, for me, I look around the league and I think it's a really good thing that this team is finding a way to win in these close games. They're not concerning me quite as much as the concern that I'm seeing out there on social media and whatnot. I mean, if you're on the other end of the stick here, you're looking in the mirror and you're the Falcons, right? They've been in a lot of games this season, but they only could close out four games so far. So at the end of the day, getting the win is all that matters. The NFL doesn't award style points. You you don't get... Uh, any extra points for doing the backflips into the end zone, right? Uh, y- you don't get an advantage from blowing out every team that you play, and that's just not going to happen in the NFL. I know we like to think of the Chiefs as, you know, they're the Super Bowl champions. They've got Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. They, sh- they should be winning by 20 points every game. It just doesn't happen that way in the NFL. The parity, the talent, we were talking about the Best players in the world that, that play this game at a professional level, it it's just not going to be that way every week. Every team's got guys uh, that can make plays, make big plays happen. Finding a way to win when you have those close situations, that, that's what, what's important. I don't think that winning these close games points to any sort of fatal flaw, right? What the Chiefs have right now, it works, Even when they don't play their best game, it works. And not every team in the NFL can say that. A lot of teams, they have to play their best game every week to win. The Chiefs don't have to do that. They can play a a 95% game or an 85% game, and they can can find a way to win. And I think that's going to be something that they can take into the playoffs and that they can use, and that's going to separate them from some of these other teams. Because when those other teams trip up, it's over for them. But the Chiefs, they can overcome, you know, a, a drop pass on, on a third down uh, on a drive that, that you needed to get, you know, points. You, you felt you needed to get points on because they can come back and score 30 seconds the next time they touch the ball. So really what what they have um, right now it works, and, and I think it's going to continue working throughout the playoffs so long as they don't get uh, too too far ahead of themselves, right? They don't um, try to do too much on offense, on defense, on special teams. They just keep playing their game, and I think they'll be fine.
2: Are you surprised at how well the Falcons matched up defensively against the Chiefs?
0: You know, I'm, I'm not really uh, too surprised about that. A- after the game, I think uh, it was Keanu Neal. He told reporters that former Chiefs defensive coordinator Bob Sutton had a big part in the game plan this week uh, specifically when it came to figuring out ways to slow down the Kansas City offense. Obviously, Bob Sutton used to be the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs from 2013 to 2018. He was uh, brought in there with Andy Reid when when Andy Reid first arrived. Uh, runs a different defense, three-four defense, um, and whatnot. He's not the defensive coordinator in uh, in in Atlanta, but he is a uh, like a veteran defensive assistant. And obviously, he harbors some resentment after being cast out following that that 2018 letdown in the AFC Championship game. The next year, they go on to win the Super Bowl without him, and uh, I, I think you know he wanted to maybe sort of prove himself and and prove that he still had it. Um, And and he seemed to have helped motivate and helped game plan for a Chiefs team that that he knows very well. So I think it probably helped uh, that also that literally every major weapon on the Chiefs offense was a bit banged up during the course of the game with the exception of of Mahomes. But Hill comes into the game with a hamstring injury. Bell – got a little dinged up during the game. Kelsey, we saw him, you know, he was on the ground, hobbled off the field, came back a play later, but he was clearly not 100%. Then Watkins, he, he gets dinged up um, at, at some point. I mean, Bell and Watkins, they they basically didn't play at all during the fourth quarter. So I think any team is going to struggle a little bit offensively when you have some guys who aren't 100%. It's why the, the bye week and, um, you know, being able to rest guys this week is going to be so important. I, I think that we're not realizing maybe how dinged up some of these guys on offense are. But I think that helped the Falcons probably a little bit uh, defensively. But also, I mean, they, they've got some good players uh, on defense. They've got good, good pieces. Grady Jarrett, Foye uh, Alokan, uh, the, the linebacker. Um, you know, they've got Deion Jones. Keanu Neal, of course, uh, who I mentioned earlier, AJ Terrell—they've they, got some good pieces. I think Dante Fowler on the outside—they've they, got some good guys that they can work with there that they're building around. That—that that really, I mean, they—they they just need that consistency uh, that they don't have yet uh, on both sides of the ball. But I, I'm not terribly surprised that that group they came out swinging, they're able to put together a solid game on defense. And again, we have to remember. The Chiefs are, are public enemy number one for every team in the NFL. They're going to get the best shot because they're the reigning champions. And, and it's dangerous, especially when you're, you're facing a team that's considered a quote unquote bad team. Right. Because, you know, maybe you're a little lax in your preparations that week or, um, you know, maybe you, you don't expect them to come out and be as physical as as they were. So. Yeah, I I don't think it surprised me that they put together a solid game, but um, I I was certainly impressed that they were able to, uh, to slow down the Chiefs' offense as much as they did.
2: Do you believe Travis Kelsey will eventually surpass Tony Gonzalez as the best tight end in franchise history?
0: Yeah, he's already accomplished so much that makes him stand out, not just as the best tight end in franchise history, but maybe the greatest tight end the game has ever seen. All of the records broken, of course, but even just watching the way he plays the game, right? He, he glides on the field. He He's deceptive in his route running and uh, his speed, his ability to, to find space on the field and... and um, Create yards after the catch. He's truly a one-of-a-kind player, and he keeps raising the bar each and every year. Obviously, uh, this year the most receptions uh, in a single season in franchise history, uh, the most yards by a tight end in a single season in, uh, in in NFL history. And I mean, he 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 just he stands out uh, as one of the best each and every year. He's been so so consistent. Um, really, since you know the first couple of years in his career were a little tough, but but he he found his footing and he's just uh, continued to pr- improve and get better, not only on the field but but off the field too, and his impact in the community in, in Kansas City and his hometown of Cleveland Heights, Ohio. He just does so much uh, to be proud of. And as for surpassing Gonzalez, I, I mean, so long as he stays healthy, I think it's almost inevitable that Kelsey surpasses him at this point, right? He's under contract through the 2025 season. So he needs, I I looked this up earlier, he needs 305 receptions, 3,060 yards, and 29 touchdowns to pass Gonzalez in each of those statistical categories. And, uh, you know, we're sitting at the the 2020 season, right? So, you know, he's going to have 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025 to make that up and i mean even if he has a, a couple of down seasons here and there i think he can can do that easily if he keeps at his current pace he he, he could do that within you know uh three or four seasons here so i i think i think it, it's inevitable i think he will eventually surpass gonzalez as the best tight end in franchise history and I, i'm just so excited to see what he does in the playoffs this season Because he's been just so, so good. And I feel like uh, maybe last year, um, you know, there were some guys who shined a little bit more than Kelsey. But I I think this year could really be his year uh, in terms of of having a big impact in the playoffs.
2: Do you expect Andy Reid to sit his star players against the Chargers Sunday?
0: Yeah, Reid basically came out on on Monday and said that he's going to sit the players who need to sit. And and I think you can expect to – to see the following players out on Sunday. On offense, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Fisher, I'm going to say Mike Remmers, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell, and Clyde edwards helaire On defense, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, Rashad Breland, and Charvarius Ward. There could be one or two more guys on each side of the ball. Obviously, some of these players, they're going to remain active for the game, but they likely won't play. I'd expect some practice squad elevations, uh, probably another week for, for Omari Cobb with the injuries they have at linebacker. And then uh, Matt Moore is probably someone who gets elevated, too. I could see them dropping um, someone like Ricky Seals-Jones or, or someone else off of the 53-man roster just in order to sign um, a player to the roster, maybe a receiver um, if, you know, if Hitchens is still on the COVID list, they'll have so, uh, uh, someone, you know, they might keep him on there just so they can have someone to, to elevate from the, uh, with a, uh, with a COVID designation instead of a standard elevation. So that's something to consider. I think certainly you're going to see some guys that you're used to seeing out there on Sunday that are getting some rest and it's going to be a great opportunity for some of these young players to step up. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at some of the guys at, at the running back position, Darwin Thompson, looking at some of these offensive linemen who haven't gotten a lot of snaps this season, um, looking at, at guys on the defensive side of the ball. You know, let's see what Bo P. Keys has going on. We haven't seen him play, you know, all but maybe four defensive snaps this season. So uh, I, I want to see what, what he's capable of doing, get Armani Watts involved, get him some snaps, because we got to remember – you know, even with some of these young players, they didn't have a preseason, right? So these could be extremely important snaps, especially if someone, God forbid, gets injured during the playoffs and they, they need one of these young guys to step up, right? So I think that that this could be vital, not just for the future for 2021, but maybe for, for even the playoffs. We could see this game come to, to, uh, to be very important. Um, in terms of building some confidence for these young players and for for developing those players as well.
2: And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week?
0: Yeah, so uh, we're still going through uh, <laughs> the holiday season here, but we're pumping out that content for you. We've got a number of articles uh, recapping the Week 16 game against the uh, Falcons. One that I really enjoyed writing um, was the article on Darrell Williams. Uh, He's a guy who hasn't really got much attention uh, since Le'Veon Bell joined the team. He's been, for most of the season, the third down back for Kansas City. But he's also kind of emerging as the guy that they use in short yardage situations. He had a lot of those uh, come up this past week. And he really impressed. I mean, we're talking 11-yard runs, 7-yard run, 3-yard run, runs when you had a yard to gain. And we're looking back earlier in the season when, you know, you had a 3rd-and-1, a 4th-and-1, and, and they just couldn't get it. Or maybe even an and-goal situation, they couldn't get it. So it's credit to the offensive line, but also to to Williams and his ability to run between the tackles. I think that the Chiefs are going to need that moving forward. Then another article I enjoyed Tano Passigno came out on Tuesday and claimed that he tipped uh, what would have been the game tying field goal for the Falcons. And now, it, it's tough to tell. I have a few clips uh, from the All-22 there. And, and even in slow motion, it, it's tough to tell. But it looks like he got a finger on it at least. So check that out if you haven't already. We'll be dropping a ton of preview content uh, heading up to the Week 17, I'm going to call it an exhibition game, <laughs> exhibition game with the Chargers. Uh, we'll be taking a look at some players who can make an impression on the coaching staff. I already mentioned a few of them uh, here a little, little earlier, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see what they can do with a good performance. And uh, as always, we appreciate everyone who tunes into the show and checks out the website. Uh, be sure to stick around. Listen to uh, the the Chiefs Wire Roundtable coming up here shortly. We're wishing everyone out there in Chiefs Kingdom a happy and healthy new year. As always, you know what I say,
2: go Chiefs! For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire podcast. We are back. It is that time again. It's time for the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. I got Mitch Cardy. I got Talon Graff. Guys, it's official now. Everything is clinched. Nothing else to worry about. That infamous Week 17 game against the Chargers that means absolutely nothing unless you're going for individual records is the only thing left for this season. So, like we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, whether or not the Chiefs should rest their starters, worry about injuries and everything surrounding that situation. I'm just going to go right to the guy that who was kind of against it in the beginning. Talon, what are your thoughts now, knowing that it's 14-1, and one, you don't need this last game, you're going in with a bye, do you play Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, all the stars? Do you play these guys?
3: Absolutely not. There's no reason to play them now. Um, yeah, now that everything's sewn up, uh, the, and, and the way they looked Sunday, they, they just look so tired, uh, especially Travis Kelsey. I mean, that guy's put in such a season. He just looks exhausted. Mahomes looked off. You know, yeah, 100%. These guys need not only one week, but the, this two-week rest is really exciting to think about. But, yeah, now that everything's sewn up and there's literally nothing that can change after this game, yeah, sit the guys that matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would even take it maybe a little step further. You I mean you sit everybody that you can possibly sit. You know, you bring up these practice squad players if you can let them play. Um, you know, anybody that's going to get significant snaps in the playoffs, I say just go ahead and sit them. I mean, there's no point of them playing in a meaningless game. Uh, just look like what happened last year. Juan Thornhill getting hurt and he missed throughout the whole playoffs, and that's when Juan Thornhill was playing really, really good football. It'd be a shame if somebody got hurt that we really needed to play. Um, so I just think you just got to say everybody that's possible, you know, only play, you know, the players that, you know, that can get us through the game just, just so just so we can play week 17. Um, but you just say everybody possible because I don't want anybody getting hurt and these guys are professionals, so they don't really need, you know, they don't really need this, this one game to get prepared. It's not like one game is going to make a difference. So I just feel like, you know, this, the more rest, the better, because these guys are going to get plenty of reps throughout practice.
2: Yeah, I think we're all on the same page in regards to sitting the sitting all the players that matter going into this last game. You just don't want to risk it. Now, Andy Reid has come out and said that he will be um, he will be resting some starters. He didn't say in particular like who, and there's still a possibility that Mahomes could play, but I, I doubt it. Um, it it's going to be interesting to see who, because I think there's going to be one guy that's going to play that you're probably saying maybe should have sat out or. You know, there's all these different incentives and, and stuff in their contracts that say you've got to either play a certain amount of games or you have to get a certain amount of yards or something on defense as well. And then you also got the records out there. And when you talk about records, you might as well just put Travis Kelsey's next, um, name next to it. He has uh, He's now become the only tight end to have back-to-back 100-catch seasons, which is amazing to think about all the great tight ends that have been in the NFL. And it's it's crazy. He just broke uh, George Kittle's record for yards in a season by a tight end. And there's still a game left. And I do believe he still has a chance if he were to play, like hypothetically, I'm just saying, if he were to play, to lead the league in reception yards. So just knowing all of that, Mitch, are you still sitting, are you still going to sit Travis Kelsey, even though he has all this just hanging out there? And, he, you know, he sounded like he really wanted to play this game. He says we're going for 15 and one. So, uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I I respect Travis Kelce. I know he's a competitor, and he wants to go out in every game, every, go out there every game and win. But I mean, he already has the you know the all time uh, receiving record for a tight end. You know, he had the 100, you know, 100 plus catches in a season. So yeah, he can add on to that. You know, and maybe really have a chance to be the uh, receiving leader in the NFL this season. But it it doesn't really matter. Like people are going to look back and you know, they'll remember him for having a great season this year, but the main thing is just winning the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs need him to be healthy to win a Super Bowl, so I think you know, Andy Reid's going to make the right decision to sit him, even though Travis Kelsey, I think if he had a choice, he would go out there because that's just the type of player he is. I think all these players are like that. If they have a choice to play, they're going to play, but I think Andy Reid and, you know, that coaching staff's going to make the right decision to sit him, uh, even though he may want to play, you know, and try to get these records and try to be the all-time receiving leader, but I mean, the right decision has to be made and that's to be able to keep him healthy because even if there's a, a 1% chance he gets hurt, we should not take that risk.
3: Yeah, I agree. That stuff doesn't matter. Um, it's all about Lombardi's. That, that's the only thing that matters. Um, you know, these records are great. These stats are great. You know, it, it looks good on paper, but, you know, if you lose in the, uh, the round of the playoffs, nobody's going to care that you led the league in, rec- in receiving yards. Nobody's going to care that you broke that record. What matters is getting back to the Super Bowl. What matters is defending that trophy. What matters is etching your legacy as one of the greatest dynasties of all time. That's what should be on these guys' minds, and and I think that's what is. I, I, and I know Travis is a competitor, um, but in the NFL, you don't play for numbers, or you shouldn't. You shouldn't play for numbers. You sh- the, the only you don't play for numbers. You play for letters, right? You play for the W. You don't play for the for the thousand yard stat line. You play for that W. That's the only. That's the only thing that matters so yeah for me 100 um go go get a trophy the stats are great but don't matter
2: okay you know i here's the thing the uh the person in me the the, the pure football fan i agree with you guys completely you know but then you also got to add in the business aspect of it and you can't help but think if you're a player that you remember they signed these contracts with all these different incentives if they have to make the pro bowl if they have to make a thousand yards was a thousand yards receiving, or like 50 catches, depending on what it is. Do you think that should have any type of bearing on what Andy Reid does in terms of setting his lineup? Like, let's say if it's a guy like DeMarcus Robinson that says in his contract he has to have this amount of catches, or like Tyreek Hill has to have this amount of catches, should that be taken into any type of thought? And Talon, I'm coming right back
3: to you on this. You know, that it. For me personally, I, I, if I was the coach and if I'm Andy Reid, I, I don't care. You know, that, that's between the agent. That's between that's, – that's front office. That's the general manager's job. If you guys you know, came up with all that, that's fantastic. My job is to go win games. My job's going win Super Bowls. And, and I'm sorry to Tyreek that if he's going to miss out on some money because you know, there's no need to play and we're hurting the team's chances over his individual game. In my opinion, as a coach, my job is to win games. My job is to get you paid. That's not my job. So if, you, if you're five catches short, well, then you're going to be five catches short. And I'm sorry about that. Um, so for me, if I'm Andy Reid, which clearly I'm not, but if I am, that's the approach I'm taking. And in and, and, and the money business, all that is handled by the front office. And, and if it, again, again, if it comes up short, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And um, that's, just, that's, that's the approach I'm taking.
1: Yeah, I agree with Talon. I mean, I'm sure Andy Reid does care a little bit because he does care about his players. He wants them, you know, to be successful and get paid. But when it comes down to it, he's paid to win Super Bowls. Right? He's paid to have success in the playoffs. So I just don't think he's willing to take that risk because, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably somewhere in those contracts that says they get, you know, you know, bonuses for winning the Super Bowl and all that junk. So I think, you know, I think he can kind of you know, help with that. I mean, I'm not, I don't really know what's in everybody's contracts, but. Um, I just know for a fact that he's probably not too concerned about other players getting paid because of incentives. He's just more concerned about winning the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl. So he's going to do whatever it takes to keep everybody healthy.
2: Okay, those are all fair questions. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie um, Any Given Sunday, where um, Lawrence Taylor plays a linebacker that is dealing with concussions, but he's willing to play this one game so he can get one more sack for his $1 million bonus. I know they brought that up a couple of times. I don't know if you guys, uh, either one of you saw that
3: movie before? Oh, of course. One of the best football movies of all time. And, that, and that's, I mean, and, and if we're going to get into, the, into this discussion, which I'm all for, um, <laughs> but, like, that's, that's a whole other thing. That, that's his own personal health that, that, you know, he's a grown-ass man. He's, and, I, and again, this is a film, right? But, like, I'm sure this yeah. happens <laughs> in real life. Um, but, you know, yeah, that, that's one thing. If you're hurting yourself, if you're putting yourself at risk, that That's one thing, but if, you know, you make your own decisions as a grown man, but, you know, when you have an entire team's goals and a Super Bowl trophy at stake, you know, it starts to be a little different. And, and if the Chiefs were still fighting for a number one seed, this is a completely different conversation.
2: Uh, yeah, you're definitely correct on that one. It's a great movie, and the doctors should have never cleared them, but that's a whole other story. Um, let's talk about actually what happened on the field. And there was a lot that was going on. And one of the biggest question marks and things that stood out in my mind was what happened with the offense? And we were just this—we uh, were just talking about this last week. You talk about how great the uh, Chiefs offense is compared to how bad the uh, Falcons defense is. And this would probably be a high-scoring affair. What exactly happened? Or or, or let, me, let me phrase this better. What did the Falcons do that disrupted Mahomes in the offense all game? Because they never looked comfortable out there uh, until probably that last drive and uh, Mitch i want to start with you on this
1: yeah well I think the Falcons did a couple of things um I really think the Chiefs interior line struggled uh, you know I think like Mahomes just is getting a lot of pressure kind of like how it has been you know these last couple weeks but I just feel like the Falcons are just being super effective about it Mahomes was cl- clearly frustrated by it um and then on the back end they just had really good coverage so I just remember the uh uh Fox was showing the you know one of the plays and they just had really good coverage all across the fields and I just felt like Mahomes was just having a hard time finding open guys. So I really just think the Falcons had a really good game plan, which is just kind of odd because they struggled all season. Um but also I just feel like the Chiefs were just kind of off. They just didn't really play their best game. Mahomes was missing people. That was probably Mahomes' worst game as a Chief. Um, you know, even though he honestly still played like a decent quarterback. Um but you know, that was clearly probably one of his worst games he's played in a while. Um, but you know, the Chiefs just kind of looked like they were sleepwalking. There was just like a mixture of the Falcons playing really good, the Chiefs sleepwalking, Mahomes just being a little bit off. Um, you know, and it was just kind of like a perfect storm for the Falcons to where you know, as long as they played perfect football, they had a chance to win, and up until the end they really did have a chance to win, you know, if it weren't for a dropped interception, you know, you would be be talking about right now how the Chiefs offense lost in a game for the first time in a while. So, um, but I don't think it's anything to be concerned about, you know, once the playoffs come, they should have things figured out. This is still one of the better offenses in the NFL.
3: Yeah. I think they're just, you know, exhausted. They've, they've, they've literally ran through a gauntlet the past you know, not counting this Sunday against the Falcons, the previous five weeks, four of those games were on the road. And up until like two weeks ago, all four were against playoff potential teams. Um, and they won every single game. It, that, That is not an easy thing to do. Four road games, four playoff potential teams, and, and you win every single one of them. That is ridiculous. Like, you don't see that happen in today's NFL. You don't really see that happen anywhere. Um, so I think they just, you know, with this one game, they they've just so worn out. They've they've been through so much this season um, and, and winning so many close games that they just they just weren't on point against the Falcons. And uh, and and that's OK, because they didn't have to be. They, they got the win. They're, they're the number one seed. Now they can now they can rest for two weeks. Um, I just think they're they're tired. I think they've they've done absolutely. You know, this season has been heavy on everybody. Um but not only are you the defending Super Bowl champion, so, you know, we've talked about it, you're getting everyone's biggest haymaker. Uh, you know, like I said, to end the season with that, you know, four out of five games on the road, that's tough. Um, but, hey, they came out on the other end of it looking pretty shiny. So I- I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs.
2: I agree. You know, you actually brought it up a couple times, and you're right. Uh, fatigue is a thing, considering how this season has been, and then they had to play so many road games. And we didn't even mention last week. They went eight and zero on the road. So for this team, the way they played to go eight and zero on the road is is pretty impressive. It's uh, it is something to think about. This has been a tough season for everybody, not just the Chiefs. And you know, it happens. You have a team like the Falcons, which I brought up last week, that they have everything to gain, nothing to lose. There are players that are trying to prove themselves whether they're going to stay on this team or be somewhere else next year. They want to make plays and. To, you know, to think it was just a, a interception away from us having a different discussion today. You know, if, if uh, the corner from the Falcons, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right now. If he hangs on to the football, this is a totally different discussion. So,
3: Yeah, I think can, it was A.J. Terrell.
2: Yes, A.J. Terrell. Like, think about that. He hangs on to that ball. That's, that could possibly be the game. Yes, the Chiefs had timeouts, but that would have been a, a crushing uh, situation right there. So, you know, it, it is something to think about. But uh, speaking of defense, I want to flip it on the other side. The Chiefs' defense played well. There were some good things, but there were also some questionable things. But let's start with the good. Uh, I'm curious for you guys, uh, your thoughts on Willie Gay Jr. getting the start and um, actually causing a a turnover, which helped stop a drive. Um, Talon, what are your thoughts on uh, Willie Gay Jr. and the way he played?
3: Yeah, he played well for, you know, this point in the season, being a rookie and having to step, he hadn't played a ton, which I know a lot of people are kind of worried about that. Um, but he he plays fast and he plays hard, uh, and that's that's the best way to play, especially at linebacker. And if you're gonna make a mistake, which Willie Gabe has made mistakes this season, he made mistakes against Atlanta. Um, but if you're gonna make a mistake, make it a hundred percent right. Like that's that's what you want to see from a coach, and that's what you want to see from a young guy like that. Is if you're gonna make one, you know, make it going your hardest. Um, and and I'm excited about the future potential of of gay he's not there yet he's not where the chiefs need him to be yet um but he's getting there another full off season and, and this guy's gonna take so many strides like his second year is gonna be huge and i i think but um you know given the injuries to the linebacking core we need this guy potentially in the playoffs so you know they need to catch him up pretty quickly um excited for him but he's just not where we need him to be right
1: right quite yet yeah just this- yeah I mean, Talon is completely correct there. Um, you know, I think we saw why we need to see him get more snaps because, you know, there's times out there he just looked kind of confused, wasn't really in the right spot. Um, but he plays really hard. Like, he, you know, he was able to get a turnover and there's a lot of potential there. Um, I think he just needs more reps. He needs more practice. So I really think next year maybe we see him, you know, with a bigger role. And maybe two years from now he really is becoming a, a big part of this defense. Um, but I think he just needs more reps, but from what we saw, he just looks like he's a really athletic linebacker that can be a playmaker and can make a difference. He just needs to learn the defense, and, you know, being a linebacker is one of the hardest positions in the NFL because you have to put everybody in the right spots. Like, you you control that whole defense almost, so, um, you know, I'm excited for what I saw out of him, but I just think he just needs a little bit more work.
2: I agree. Like I said, it was some ups and some downs, but uh, it was such a huge play for him uh, causing that strip and, uh, and the turnover. That that was a big play, you know, for a rookie and a positive sign for what he can do down the line. So that was a good thing. Um, also, LeGarius Sneed continues to make plays, uh, got another sack this past week. But my biggest question mark um, from this past week on defense, uh, Shavarius Ward, you know, I, we brought this up, Several times on this show, do you guys, you know, I, we we try to find different reasons for why he's having issues in coverage and and giving up the big plays. I'm curious, Mitch, what do you think is going on with Various Ward, and is he even really a starting cornerback in this league at this point?
1: Um, I'm kind of hard on Traverius Ward, so I, I'm I'm curious to see what Talon says, but I just think he's kind of a fringe starter. I mean, he has good games. He has bad games. But you I mean this guy was an undrafted, undrafted uh, rookie. You know, coming out of co- coming out of college, the Chiefs traded like uh, a backup offensive lineman. You know, and, you know it was just kind of like one of those things to see. Hey, we'll see if this guy works out. And he turned out to be okay. And he, I mean, the Chiefs' cornerbacks just aren't good in general. They haven't been good in a while. Or we at least haven't had any really top talent in there. You know, we either get, you know, cheap free agents or undrafted free agents or low draft picks to compete for that starting job. And, you know, I think he's just a fringe starter. I mean, I think, you know, for what we paid paid for him and what we're paying for him, he's performed very well. Um, but I would like to see some improvement there. So I really think that you just need to focus on getting a real shutdown corner because I really like what Breland does. I think Breland's pretty good. And when Jerry Sneed is coming around, and I feel like he's just kind of that guy over there who, we don't know what we're going to get week in or week out, and we need somebody a little bit more consistent. Um, but I can't really complain for what the value we have. I would just like something a little bit better.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be okay. Will he ever be like the guy? Is he ever going to be a number one corner? You know, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I know he has the mentality to do it. He wants to do it, which is great. Um, and he seems like he has the ability. He just needs to put it all together. He needs to you know make it consistent. You know, with this guy coming out of Middle Tennessee State, um, you know, not going, not getting drafted, coming off of a practice squad in Dallas, um, you know, for him to be a starting cornerback the majority of his career after that, you know, being undrafted and coming from a small school and, and all that, it, it says a lot about, you know, how good he, he, he already has grown or how much he's grown and how good he's already gotten um, and how much he's improved. So I'm not ready to to, to – you know shut the door and lock it and say okay this isn't the guy um the nfl is a fast game and especially at cornerback you know you're you're playing these all world athletes at receiver um and you know no no offense but you don't see that middle tennessee state you just don't uh and yeah he's been in the league for for a while now but it takes time to get used to that it takes time to, to really figure out how you defend these guys um and playing defense is hard enough with all the rules and, and all that. But, you know, being a, a young guy going against these all pro receivers and these guys that have been, you know, playing receivers since they were in seventh grade, you know, these guys have been doing it for a long time and, uh, Ward just needs more time to learn. He needs more time to develop. He's got great NFL size. Um, he's shown flashes before. So yeah, I do think he can be somebody in this offense. I'm looking forward and, and, and the Chiefs defense. I'm looking forward to seeing his development. Um, I, I'm, I'm still not sold that he can be the guy, but he can definitely be a guy.
2: It's uh, definitely a cause for concern. I mean, Calvin Ridley's is a great receiver. Don't get me wrong, but some of the plays, and I think they even broke it down during the broadcast. Ward was just, it, it just seemed like he was lost out there. And, you know, it's bad when they pointed out in the broadcast when you could tell a guy's missing an assignment. He's not really sure where he's supposed to be. And you're supposed to be a starting corner. That's, that's usually not the best look right there. So hopefully he gets it together. I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, since let's stay with him right now, or even some other players, we talk about players taking a week off. Is he a player that should probably start regardless? Yes. He is a regular starter, but maybe he should play and get the extra reps against the chargers. Uh, Talon, come back to you. Do you feel like he's a guy that needs the extra reps?
3: Uh, yeah, he definitely needs as many reps as he, as he can get. Um, He's probably a first half kind of guy for me. Let's play him in the first half. Let's give him reps against Williams and Allen and, and the, you know these these you know all pro Pro Bowl type receivers. Let's get him some some work. But then you know he's still our starting cornerback, right? So uh, even though he struggled, he, he's one of our guys. So we need to make sure that you know let's give him the first half and let's see how he does, and um, and then we'll go from there.
1: I guess I just disagree a little bit. Um, You know, I just don't see the point of playing him just because I don't think a half of football is going to really solve anything. I mean, I know it's just more reps and stuff, but, like, you can get those reps in practice. There's no point of putting him out there with a risk of injury because we are going to need him to play. I mean, I'm not really for or against sitting him. I think maybe sitting him is probably the better option just because I just don't see the point of one game or one half really helping him just because he's played already, you know, this whole season. He's had a, a bunch of practice reps. He's already faced the Chargers, so... Um, I think just uh, I think just sitting him would be the better option. But if the coaching staff decides to play him just to get him some reps, I'm not going to argue.
2: It will definitely be a uh, interesting call there. But you know anything helps, especially when you're going against a guy like Keenan Allen. That is a, those are great reps regardless of the situation. And I'll see what happens because this is something they have to figure out. You're heading into the playoffs, and in the AFC, there are some great top receivers that you have to match up against so it's something that could be considered all right guys so you know it's, it's kind of it feels kind of silly saying like we have to you know look ahead to this Chargers game but we do is there anything from the Chargers this week that you do want to see you know in this matchup is there something in particular that you feel like would be helpful besides to Ward possibly getting more reps Uh, is there anything else that brings more interest in this game Talon? what do you think
3: yeah i want to see the backup tight ends get some some quality work and i want to see that running game get going i want to see a a little bit more from our running game in that final week um just to you know show a little bit that hey the chiefs can run the ball a little bit um i don't know i just want to see a little bit you know that that's to me what's been the biggest glaring holes on the offense is the backup play the the play of the backup tight ends and the running game being so like inconsistent. I want, and I know that Ceh is out, um, but I do want to see Daryl Williams and, and Le'Veon Bell or whoever they have in there. Whether I don't know if they'll even play those guys, but whoever they have in there, I want to see that interior offensive line really kind of start gelling uh, and and playing quality football. And then the running backs, you know, I want to see them have a have a big day as well.
1: Yeah, I just want to see some of the young guys play. Like I like, I'd really like to see Darwin Thompson. I know Talon is really big on him to start the season. And this really hasn't had a chance to play with you know Le'Veon Bell coming in and you know Clyde and and Darryl Williams just kind of be above being above him on the depth chart. But you know we've seen uh, Dalvin Thompson do some really nice things. Um, I also want to see our our interior line too. I kind of I want to see Steve uh, and was Steve McNish go in there and you know see how he looks and maybe some other guys just because our our interior line hasn't been the greatest the last couple of weeks. Um, so I don't know. I think this is just a good opportunity to see you know how how our depth pieces look and if they can, you know, maybe make a difference when the playoffs come around.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, you, you want to see certain guys, you know, get some more looks, some guys that are kind of buried on that depth chart um, just take more of a prominent role, at least for one game. But uh, for me personally, and, and I'm going to just throw it out there now, they haven't said officially if Patrick Mahomes is going to sit, but we all assume he will. What about a, a Chad Henney game? Do you think we can get a a big game from Chad Henney filling in at quarterback this week. Is this, is this something that you guys would look forward to? Mitch, what do you think?
1: I mean, it's always fun watching the backup quarterback play, in my opinion. I mean, it's kind of fun to see, hey, like if, like what would happen if he was our starting quarterback or if he needed him for a certain amount of time. But we kind of know what kind of quarterback Chad Henney is. He's been in this league for a while. We've seen a lot of games. From him. I would have really loved it if Jordan who was still on his team and you know they gave him a chance to play as a young quarterback to see like hey can this guy actually be something can he you know really be a valuable quarterback for us as a backup for a while uh but just with you know Chad Haney just being an older quarterback I'm not as excited you know I just kind of know what kind of quarterback he is and you know I, I already know that you know no matter what he's always just going to be just kind of you know, middle of the middle of the road backup, and never really make too much of a difference on a team. Even though I do think he can win a couple games for the Chiefs if needed, so I'm not really too excited. But uh, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, I think I'm mainly looking forward to it more
3: for a nostalgia thing. I remember back in high school, man, that that Michigan team that had Henny and Mike Hart and um, uh, Steve Breston and and uh, who, uh, the uh, the other receiver they had, Amaro uh, Manningham. They had like that was a fun team. Um, I don't remember exactly what year that was, but I know I was in high school. So yeah, it's, it's I and, and I remember thinking back then before I was really like, you know, into analyzing football and knowing what a good quarterback was supposed to look like. I was like, Oh my god, this Chad Henney guy's awesome. i you know, was look, you know, whatever. Some idiot kid that was looking forward to a you know, Michigan quarterback playing in the NFL. Um, you know, now yeah, gonna gonna see him play in week seventeen. Hopefully it's gonna be pretty cool, just nostalgia and, and just bring it back old times. I'm not like a Michigan fan or anything. I just he was like one of the that team was kind of one of the first ones where I really started paying attention there just happened to be really good that year so um yeah some fond memories of Chad Henney so I think it's kind of cool that he's the chief now and potentially gonna be the starting quarterback
2: you know what it's okay Talon it's okay I was one of those people that thought maybe Henson was gonna be a good quarterback or possibly a uh a third baseman for the Yankees well you know we saw what happened with that one yes, so yes sir <laughs>
3: Dude, I'm right. still I'm still mad Jeff Samarja didn't play football. That still upsets me to this day, by the way.
2: It does, man. He's a good uh a good wide receiver with the uh with Notre Dame, right?
3: Yeah, he played with uh, um Brady Quinn. Yes, thank you. Thank
2: you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, listen, man, I, I know some of my college football, okay, so it's it's all good. Those Michigan teams were pretty good back in the day. And I do wanna shout out Super Bowl forty six uh hero Mario Manningham, as you, you brought up on that team as well, so Nice.
3: I like that. I love the connection. There you
2: go. Hey, I had to do it. I had to do it. All right, guys, this is going to be fun. Who – we got to do our predictions, even though this game really doesn't matter. We still got to make a prediction here. Who wins this game and what is the final score? Mitch, we're going to start with you on this one.
1: I mean, I guess I'm going to go with the Chargers just because, you know, I guess they're going to play a little bit more of their starters, even though they don't really have a chance to make the playoffs um so it's so hard to like predict these games just because you never know what's going to happen with the backups um but I'm gonna go Chargers winning 27 to 14 um I think Justin Herbert's a good quarterback and he's going to put up some pretty good some good points he's going to have some good plays against this Chiefs defense that's going to be playing their backups uh I don't know how good the Chiefs pass rush is going to be so he'll probably have some good time back there and then that Chargers pass rush is still pretty good going up against the Chiefs backup offensive linemen who, you know, even our starters have struggled this season. So I could see them having a really big game and just really keeping this Chiefs offense from scoring. So I'm going to go Chargers 27, Chiefs 14.
3: Yeah. Justin Herbert scares me. Uh, he's been playing really well. And obviously the first time the, the Chiefs and Chargers played, he he just kind of tore him to shreds a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I really want to see a 15 win season. Um, so I'm 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 going to try to manifest that through my prediction, um, whether I really believe that or not, you'll never know. But I'm going to go Chiefs in this one. Um, I'm I, I think the backups pull the upset. I'm going to go Chiefs twenty uh, in the the Chargers seventeen.
2: You know what, Talon, you're you're thinking the same way I am because I want to see the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs backups do something special here. So. I have this game being uh, – it's going to be close, but I feel like it's not going to be as high scoring as we we would hope because I, I think the defense is going to step up. We could possibly see a little DeAndre Baker in this game, right? There's a very strong possibility of that. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning 13-10. to 10. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be fun to see if, if this is a, a defensive battle for some reason. And uh, Herbert can't handle the Arrowhead crowd that will be there. So it should be interesting. But uh, either way, this is what's going on this weekend. But uh, also this weekend, there are some big NFL games that we need decisions on that are going to affect the playoff picture. So I got to ask you guys, I know the Browns and the Ravens are fighting for a playoff spot as well. Who do you? Which game out of the of the games, it could be the AFC or NFC, are you more interested in in regards to the playoffs? and and the way the playoff picture is looking, and is there any game in particular that stands out, uh, Talon? Which one? Which one works for you?
3: So I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two, um, and I I really like. obviously I don't want to steal Mitch's answer, so I'll just stick with mine. Um, but that Titans and Colts, Colts play the Jaguars, Titans play the Texans. Those two teams are both ten and five, and, and I think. Watch and they're played at the exact same time. So I think that's going to be like the most intense part of the weekend is seeing those two games simultaneously being played out. And um, obviously the Colts have a little bit of a advantage playing the Jaguars. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm
1: really – interested to see the Browns play I know they're going to be going against Pittsburgh's backups but I'd really like to see the Browns make the playoffs I think that'd be really fun you know just seeing it you know a team that's been so bad for so long um finally kind of get over that hump you know and be a playoff team um I think the Browns are really entertaining so I think that game's gonna be a lot of fun it's also going to be the uh, Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett uh kind of um you know, rematch. You know, from what happened last year with the uh, swinging helmet and stuff like that. So I think that game's gonna be kind of fun to watch to see um, if there's any bad blood between them. Uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. But you know, I think it's gonna be interesting. Hopefully the Browns win because I'd really like to see them in the playoffs over the Ravens. Even from like as a Chiefs fan, I know the Chiefs haven't had problems with the Ravens in the past, and the Ravens have been pretty been playing pretty bad football. But you just never want to give. Lamar Jackson a chance to beat you, so I'd rather go against the Browns than the Ravens any day if it came down to it.
2: You know what, guys, these are both great choices, and because you guys chose the AFC, I'm going to just go on a limb and just go with the NFC and and make a choice. I'm not going to say this is any bias because you know I'm from New York, but I am curious to see this horrible New York Giants team can find a way to sneak into the playoffs at six and ten and win the NFC East. That is going to be interesting if they beat the Cowboys and then the Eagles win on Sunday night football against the against I'm sorry, the Washington football team. Then the Giants are in and I believe it's the same scenario Cowboys win and Washington loses then the Cowboys are in. If Washington just wins they win. So it's it's the worst division. I think I have never seen a division this bad in history. And yet somebody you, has to you win. Haven't. You, you have, <laughs> and and mind you, like just watching these games. These games are all ugly. There, there's nothing good about any of these games that you can say. Oh well, you know, maybe they have this. Washington has a great defense. The Giants have a great defense. The Cowboys are just there. Uh, it's it's just, I don't know, man. I don't even know if the NFL really is proud of this that they're gonna have a division winner. It's probably gonna be six and ten. That's it. How, how do the rules not change after the season? That's, that's my question. But uh, even with that said, I, I would love to see the giants get in. That would just be hilarious to see the giants get in with all of this being said, having the host, a home playoff game only in 2020. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, we're looking forward to the end of the season and uh, hopefully the chiefs can go 15 and one. It's been a great year so far, guys. So, and what well I should say is because this is the last show of the year of 2020. Any uh New Year's resolutions or wishes, Mitch, you got anything?
1: Um, well, I just graduated college as you all know. So I'm actually just gonna enjoy my first year uh with not having any school. So I'm really gonna enjoy 2021 or hoping to at least. So um I'm just gonna focus on you know my work and you know focus more on cheese wire. So I'm excited to, you know, maybe putting out more content content for the fans out here listening to the show so uh, i'm just gonna enjoy uh this next year so i'm not gonna really have any resolutions i'm just kind of kind of enjoying myself a little bit
3: i'm so envious of you right now like <laughs> that first like time to ever in your life where you like oh, i don't have any homework like it's so glorious like you're in for the ride of your
1: life this is you have, I'm, you I'm have so... no idea i uh, graduated <laughs> i graduated high school and then i was like okay well i want to get college done as soon as possible so i did i did basically three semesters in a row i just did basically my my, my fall and my spring semester and i also did classes my summer year uh my summer semester so i just want to get it done as soon as possible I graduated in three years and it was a good run but i'm, I'm so excited to not have homework anymore
3: yeah, for sure, man. Well, Hey, again, congrats. That's, that's a big deal in three years. That's, it took me six and I'm not a doctor. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2021. Hopefully this is a, you know, a clean slate new year, all the, all the cliche stuff for, for the new year and all that. Um ho- looking forward to, you know, ho- hopefully a healthier um, 2021 for, for everybody. And, and, you know, this pandemic and all that comes to an end and we're able to to look forward as, you know, as a people and, um, and hopefully sports start to get back to normal. I I really want to see March Madness. I was so, you know, upset about last year missing it, but yeah, just looking forward to everything somewhat getting back to normal and, and, uh, uh, and this whole pandemic getting put behind us.
2: I agree with you, both of you guys completely. We're just looking forward to better days in 2021, hoping that everyone stays safe. And we also remember the many that we did lose in 2020 which was the toughest year. I, you know, I, like I said, I can't go back into the early 1900s or even before then that this, this country or even this world has, has dealt with. So hopefully we are on the other side of it where things are getting better. We learn a little bit about each other along the way and uh, just all become better people. And I do also want to just piggyback off of Mitch talking about having that moment without, you know, homework You just reminded me how old I am because I'm like, man, it's been a while since I had to think about homework. So thanks, bitch, for that one, man. I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Hey, no problem. I'm always uh, happy to make you guys feel a little bit
2: younger. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, Once again, everybody listening, um, enjoy the holiday. Stay safe. And uh, we'll catch you in 2021. Take care.
3: Travis, can you sort of pinpoint what didn't work for the majority of the game and what exactly worked, maybe better, on that final scoring drive?
4: I mean, the, the Atlanta Falcons are a good football team. Don't let the don't let the the score or you know their previous games uh, deter you from that. I mean, that that team has a lot of guys that play their tail off, um, great coaches, um, and 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 it seems like guys that play for each other you know they rally around on defense and offensively they got a lot of talent over there and it's just you know trying to find a way to win a football game there's there's just so many different factors that can play into why things aren't going as great or as smooth as you want them to and you just try you know after every single play regroup figure out what just happened and how to fix it and the next play or the next drive go out there and try and you know accomplish the goal which is to put six up but hats off to the defense the defense Played their tails off uh, to hold that offense <clears throat> under, you know, 20 points or whatever they scored. I, you know, to hold them to to only a couple scores, man. That's a, <laughs> a second to none. A second to none. That really pushes through to help just win the game.
1: Let's
4: go next to Darren Smith. Good, Darren.
3: Hey Patrick, I'm sorry, uh, Travis. Uh, congratulations on the record.
2: A couple of questions for you. Uh, I, I'm interested, you know, in knowing your thoughts on playing in a, in a week 17 game that you know has no bearing on you all in the playoff season, But are you someone who hopes to continue to play next week? Or do you think sitting out three weeks is is the way to go? And then also, since we probably won't have you on this week, could you talk a little bit about the virtual chat that you all did with with the Old Spice and talking about you know speaking out against racism with the with the students?
4: Yeah, I'll talk on that first off. Um, uh, Old Spice um, came together with a lot of the NFL, a couple NFL players, and really wanted to get in the communities to uh, to help support um, young men graduating in in the high school rank and um, with that we all teamed up with the black boy documentary which a couple of NFL guys have been a part of Malcolm Jenkins being one um, and unbelievable job of. Really just dis- really getting a good grasp of of what it means to be a, a young black male in America and, and how prideful you should be of that. And that uh, there's a lot of stuff that is that's going on around the world and around this country that's um you know it's not fair. It's unjust, and uh, to be able to get into the classrooms and talk to these kids, um, let them know that they are appreciated and that they are, you know, they they do have support uh, to become uh, to become somebody and to uh, and you know just to have that support system. Um, I thought it was a great initiative, and I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Um, And going to that 17 week 17, uh, that's I believe that starts maybe next year, Um, but in terms of this this year. Okay, so in terms of next week, um, oh, I, I get you what you're saying now. So, game 16, but week 17 of the season. I, I would say um, I'm just going to come in on uh, on Wednesday, and, and and get ready to work, man. And and it is what it is. I uh, if 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 I end up shooting up and I get a chance to, to to play against the Chargers, then you'll see me out there giving it my all. And um, if not, then uh, I'll be out there cheering all my guys and, and trying to be every bit of uh, a part of the 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 game that I can be for you guys. We'll go last to Steve Walls. Good, Steve. Hey, what's up, Travis? Uh, fans want you guys
3: to go out and always show your high-powered offense and blow teams out. Uh, it seems like uh, you guys sometimes play down to your competition. I just want to get your thoughts on
4: that. And this league is, uh, it can get very uh, confusing to a lot of people. Um, they think since we have the best quarterback and two great receivers and uh, you know a defensive line sack nation, they think that we should just go out there and just dominate every single game, every single play. And it's it, that's not that's not reality. What's reality is that you know these other, these guys on these other teams and all these teams are coming in here knowing that uh, they're going up against a good football team. So they get geared up, they get fired up, and their attention, their alertness is that much more. Uh, locked in and, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's playing ball. It, it is what it is. You got to, you, you have to respect the guys across from you and and know that you're going to get their best shot. And I mean, sometimes uh, you just have to find a way to win a football game, you know, and, uh, and that's what we did it.
2: For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.